Hi, this is Mark, Hustock Tech Team, and this is our Futurist Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for five-year-old Jonah Sullivan. He went missing from La Jolla, California on April 30th, 2012. This is considered a family abduction. Jonah is Caucasian, three foot five, 40 pounds, with blue eyes and light brown hair. He may be in the company of his mother, and they may still be in the local area, or they may have traveled to Phoenix, Arizona, and or Alabama. Jonah has a small scar on his chin and right cheek. His front tooth is chipped, and he may be going by the nickname of Sully. If you know of Jonah Sullivan's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see two pictures of Jonah Sully Sullivan, please click on the link on the Voice America Kids homepage. Our future is missing. Or go to futuresmissing.com. Thank you. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be it's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Hello and welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We're a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Star Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Story Our Charity. I'm Steven Zhao, back from the dead. And I'm Young Juan, and we're your teen hosts for today. Both Steven and I are just returning from teaching English in Asia. I've been in Korea while Steven was in China. How was China, Steven? Well, let's just say I have quite a few interesting stories to share, <laughs> some of which I can't share on international radio, but <laughs> <laughs> our group was very interesting. We had 30 foreign teachers there, and each oh, wow. one had a... Each one had a personality, we'll put it that way. We had a girl with a very interesting and entertaining head-in-the-clouds mentality, um, a classic British dude, um, an Asian who claimed not to be Asian, and very interesting events that happened. It was Stephen, the Asian. That no, no, I was the one. Asian? I was the one who hallucinated fat women in the middle of the night. No offense what? to anyone, but that was. Oh my god! It was a little creepy. The second night what I was there. To you in China. Well, the second night I was there, I, instead of seeing my roommate, I see a fat woman in his bed, and I was very confused. And then the next morning, they told me that it was a hallucination. So that was a little creepy. Anyways, how was Korea? <laughs> 
my trip was really fun too. I have so many new memories and like the whole English group, like we came from the same church, so we all bonded and it was just really blessing to be there. I also have my share of stories. Like one time we were, we had, we were sleeping in the separate church building. It was for like classrooms and it was like a learning center and they had showers there. And so in the morning on Sunday, there's 14 of us who all need to take showers. So hot. And so we're all taking showers and then someone finally like bangs on the door. So, <laughs> and someone like walked in when another person was taking a shower. It's, wow. It was really, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of fun memories, but I also got over my hatred of photos, but we better save all our travel experiences for another show because I'm super excited about today. Of course you our would be. Is one of my favorite authors, Meg Cabot, who also happens to be a number one New York Times bestselling author. She wrote the Princess Diaries series, which was made into two hit movies by Disney, sold over 20 million copies, and has been translated into 38 languages. You remember the Princess Diaries, don't you, Stephen? Yes, I wrote one. That was supposed to be sarcastic. But at, no, I have not read them, but I have heard of the movies and Anne Hathaway in the movie. You should enhance your chick flick side. Okay, my friends have been trying to get me... Okay, that sounded weird. My friends have been trying to get me to watch movies, not necessarily chick flicks, and I'm not sure if it's been working. I'll put it that you way. You don't watch movies? I do. I just apparently don't have any cultural people? knowledge. I just watched Dark Knight Rises, though, so that was good. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, Meg will be with us segment two and three, correct? Yes, she will. But first, we're going to our Braving Gravity reporter, Claire Durant, and she's the newest member of our team. Claire Durant is an 18-year-old from Northern California with dreams of one day hosting her own television and radio show. Throughout high school, she was the vice president of her school's student body, head of the school newspaper, and captain of her school's parliamentary debate team, obviously with a lot of qualifications. She is joining us here today kind of on the go, so everyone who's listening to our Skype broadcast will understand if there's some background noise. So her radio segments will be reflections on the difficult transition she and other teens deal with as an adolescent venturing into adulthood. Eventually, we all go through this, so her segment is relatable to everybody. And her segment aims to inspire teens to not lose sight of their dreams, even when the greatest challenge seems to be discovering what those dreams may be. So what's your segment today about, Claire? Hi, everyone. I'm Claire Durant, the reporter from Braden Graffiti. Today, my topic revolves around preparation for college. I'm calling this one, One Way Ticket. I hope many of you listening today can relate to leaving home for the first time. The aisles of Bed Bath & Beyond are congested with college-bound girls pushing their overflowing shopping carts full of dormant supplies with their moms closely by their side. College shopping. It's one of life's many milestones that flips a mother and daughter's relationship upside down. I still remember strolling down the aisles of the store with my mom, reaching up to hold my mom's hand as we shopped for school supplies for my first day at kindergarten. As we filled our shopping cart with glue sticks, a Barbie backpack, and Crayola markers, it became more and more real to my mom that that day would be the last day that I would be at home with her all day. Shopping for college supplies isn't all that different. Leaving for college marks the last time I will ever truly be living at home. These milestones remind me that everything in life is temporary, which is an unsettling thought. This idea has been clouding my mind all summer. 
The thought that, once again, I'll be facing another major transition. Everything I have done and thought about this summer has in some way been connected to the future. I have become accustomed to certain questions that substitute for the usual small talk conversations about the weather. My parents, friends, would ask where I would be attending college, when I would be leaving for college, and what I would be majoring in in college. All the questions pertain to the future. The questions begin to sound like white noise, a broken record of sounds that are always pestering me. I answer these questions with a half-genuine rehearsed tone and reply as politely as possible. What frustrates me about these kind of questions is that people ask them in order to categorize you, meaning that the answers to these questions somewhat reflect the type of person that you are. It is the first time that I've ever been so easily categorized by strangers. I guess I'm still getting used to the idea that my identity is truly coming into formation and that who I am and what I do will lead to what I will do in the future. You see, kindergarten began my transformation from being a little kid to being a little kid and a student. The type of student I was in those early years predicated the type of student I would be in the future. College blends the student aspect with the person's identity. This mesh is something that I haven't ever truly experienced before. It is the first time my professional and personal identity would be so close together and open for everyone to judge. I guess I like keeping people guessing to some extent. I like the whole, what's she going to do next factor? I like surprise and spontaneity, and don't like to be put in a box by others. Broadcasting on the radio has filled the void inside of me that makes me feel like everything isn't so cut and dry. Radio is spontaneous and exciting. The ability to send my voice to the airwaves and have the potential to influence and reach out to others is inspiring and alluring to me. I know that in order for me to be truly happy in the future, I will have to continue to do things that I would otherwise be afraid to do if I weren't comfortable being categorized by others. But just don't put me in a box. This categorized box analogy that you put up, Claire, is really interesting. What kind of box do you think people easily put us high school graduates in? I think it's so easy for students to feel categorized by what school they go to. And to some extent, it kind of does, just because um, a certain school may be geared more towards um, mathematic or technical and one maybe more towards more arts and stuff like that. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely heard that. Oh, Harvard graduate. Mm-hmm. Boo hoo Davis graduate. No offense well, I, to Davis, no, but I, I, No, I read your I, I read your article in the paper and and it and it actually inspired me to like start thinking about this whole categorization and when you hear where someone's going to school, you automatically put them into a box and yeah, and I don't like that. True. Mm-hmm. Like my mom's friend's daughter, she's going to UC Davis and she's going to Davis as like an agriculture major. And so it's really good. But when yeah. people are like, oh, she's just going to Davis, but it's actually a really good thing. So I think people <laughs> exactly. need to be more so aware weird. about the majors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have this dream that one day U.S. News and World Report will take their <laughs> list of college, like which college is the best, flip it upside down, and then see what happens to the entire U.S. population, and see what their opinions of college is, how they change. I, that's so funny. They should do that. Yeah. It's my dream to one day do that, but <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Do you, 
Claire, how were you able to find your passion to jump outside of this box that other people try to put you put you in? Well, I have to stay focused on what makes me happy and not be focused on the day-to-day things that you have to do. So if you were to have a list of chores to do, have something fun to make your day worthwhile. And so the same type of thing, if I have a bunch of schoolwork that needs to be done that's not particularly pertaining to my passion, I would want something in there that would make my day exciting and make it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a tactic like that too. Like when I'm doing, I'm studying a lot, I always set like a reward at the end. Like, oh, if I study for this amount of time, I have on Facebook for this amount. And it's always like pushing myself to do more by setting fun things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that's an interesting subject to bring up. I mean, we all have mundane chores that we have to do, whether it's homework or cleaning the laundry or something like that. But how do we find inspiration within that? Some people, they they make themselves love doing the chores, which I personally find a little weird, just putting it out there. (laughs) But other people are able to do what you do, Yonju, and give themselves a reward and work towards the reward. Yeah. I think that uh, it's really interesting to talk about this box now that we're basically going out to a place where we can make our own boxes however we want, Claire. So thank you for, so much for sharing your segment here today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We are out of time, unfortunately. But yeah. we're going to have to take a break right now. And when we return, the superstar author, Meg Cabal, will join with us. And uh, I'm sure Yongju is uh, extremely glad I'm to hear about that. I'm super excited never thought I'd ever be able to talk to her. But anyways, you are listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out our photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Kids safe, mother approved. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Stephen Sao. And I'm Young Juan, and we're your teen hosts. In this segment, Stephen and I have the pleasure of talking with Meg Cabot, the author of the new young adult book, Size 12 and Ready to Rock. I love the book, and it's filled with fascinating themes such as weight, body image, and female friendship, topics that aren't widely talked about. Plus, we'll discuss the topics of college at Jinx and the perils of pop culture, too. Besides the ultra-famous Princess Diaries, Meg also wrote the 1-800-Where-Are-You series, as well as numerous other award-winning, best-selling, standalone books and series, including All-American Girl and Avalon High, on which an original Disney Channel movie was based. So Meg actually worked for 10 years as an assistant residence hall director at New York University, an experience from which she occasionally draws inspiration for her Heather Wells mystery series. So first, there was size 12 is not fat. Then there was size 14 is not fat either. Big Bone made its appearance afterwards. And now, Meg Cabot makes a triumphant return to her reader favorite Heather Wells mystery series with size 12 and ready to rock. Welcome, Meg, to Express Yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Meg, for joining us. It's such an honor to have such a famous yeah. author here on our show. I really never thought I'd ever be able to like talk to you <laughs> or even be like 10 feet within talking range. Well, thank you. That is so sweet of you to say. I'm very excited to be here to be talking about my new book and talking with you guys. Well, Meg, talking about your new book, Size 12 and Ready to Rock, why don't you give us an introduction of the series, the Heather Wells series, which is a mystery series about a girl who gets kicked out of the business because she's fat, if I am <laughs> quoting this correctly. Yeah, all right. Actually, there it's actually an adult book series, although mm-hmm. there's really mm. nothing in it that would be improper for teens to read. Um, it's a mystery series about a girl who starts out as a teen pop star. She's kind of like <gasps> a... You know, I don't want to say Britney Spears, but she could be maybe a young teen Britney Spears. And then when she gets a little older, she gains some weight, maybe. And the company that she works for, the recording company, says, you know what? Guess what? We don't we don't want you working for us anymore unless you lose the weight. And she's like, you know what? I look fine the way I am. Size 12 is not Good bad. Good for her. Good for her. I, yeah. Exactly. And so um, they don't agree. And so she quits or, well, basically she kind of gets a little fired. But she's 
like, you know what? I'm going to go on with my life. And um, she also kind of loses her boyfriend, who's a very famous pop star as well. And uh, she can't find a job because what's she going to do? All she's done her whole life basically is sing these cheesy pop tunes and actually ends up getting a really weird job, which is a job that I had for 10 years, although I was never a pop star, uh, which is working in a 700 bed freshman residence wow. hall in New York City College. And that's what she's doing. She has no experience. She never went to college because she was a pop star for all these years. But the benefit of working in this dorm is that she gets to go to school for free. So she's going back to college. She's starting over and she's working in this crazy dorm and all these mysteries start happening, you know, because it's college kids. They have, you know, they're starting a new in their lives without parents and she's kind of doing the same thing. So it's they're really fun mysteries to write and I love them. Yeah. They sound pretty deadly though. <laughs> Why is it called the death <laughs> dorm? This is somewhat enlightening. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the dorm, people joke because the dorm that she happens to work in, there's, I don't know, it seems like every semester somebody dies. So they, they nickname it Death Dorm. And she's very angry about that because she feels very protective of her kids, although they're not really her kids. Um, she, she's pretty close in age to them. Um, and so she keeps trying to solve the mysteries of why these kids are, are passing away. And in each book, there's a different murderer. And I'm ah. not going to say she, she always catches them, but she, of course, it really wouldn't be a mystery if by the end there wasn't some resolution. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, when she I first help, yeah. When I first picked up the book, I never thought it'd be a mystery series, but it's really interesting. And so how much did you draw from your own experiences when writing this? Well, I have to say, no one ever got murdered. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask that. Is New York University real? <laughs> New York University, yes, it's a real dormitory. How did they uh, feel about this? <laughs> yeah. The college that I write about is actually fictional. I call okay. it New York College, and it's not mm. a real school. And there were no murders when I was working at NYU. <laughs> Um, but there were students who would have, you know, strange things happen to them. And so sometimes I would use my imagination when I was working there to make it a little more exciting. And I would think, oh, what if that had actually been a murder? And my boss would always say, oh, gosh, you're not going to write a book about this, are you? And so, yes, of course I did. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your job is a little boring. You like to make more exciting in your head. Mm -hmm. Are any of the stories actually so, When did you first write, start writing? When did I actually start writing? I really loved to write. And when I was about seven years old, I think I wrote my first story. And I've been doing it ever since. I just love to write. And that's kind of what I do in my spare time. I know some people play video games and some people play tennis. And for me, I, I just write stories. And I've always done it. I wrote fan fiction. I wrote Star Wars fan fiction. And um, I just loved it. And when I got older, I started trying to get my books published. Uh, nobody was very interested for a long time, as you can tell, because I got the job working in the dorm. Um, but eventually, actually, while I was working in the dorm, I wrote a book called The Princess Diaries. People mm. may be familiar with it. Uh -huh. And that was the first book, really, that I got published that people, you know, really loved. And I started getting paid pretty well for that. And I was able to get the job in the dorm and just live off my writing alone. Mm -hmm. So mm. what about the Princess Diaries story? Did you think that really attracted readers to it. I mean, it's really hard to get a book out there that people just really want to read. What do you think you did with Princess Diaries that really got people interested? I think it's the fact that, like in the Heather Wells Mystery Series, it's a girl who has something very extraordinary happen to her. Um, but she's a very normal girl. You can really identify with her. And the way that the story is written, you know, she talks in a very normal voice, exactly the way I'm talking to you. 
Um, she's writing in her diary and she's just talking about, you know, her mom starts going out with one of her teachers, which is something that actually happened to me. It was horrifying. <laughs> and so she's talking about that. And then this crazy thing happens to her. She turns out to be a princess. And so it's a really engrossing story. It's really entertaining, but she's telling it in a way that it's just like it happened to one of your friends. And I use that same kind of method when I write the Heather Wells mysteries. You know, she's talking about, well, you know, I used to be this pop star, but oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened to me at work today. <sighs> Someone got murdered. And, you know, you're just, oh my gosh, this is like if my friend was telling it. So that's kind of the writing style that I use. And I think people can really identify it with it. Yeah. And it plays yeah. to a lot of imagination so that because it's relatable, people can imagine what it might be like and imagine what it might be like happening to them. Exactly. So I guess that is part of the interest within the stories. I think, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And I think for the Heather Wells mysteries, too, a lot of people think, oh, these books, because of the titles, they think, oh, this has to do with weight loss. But it actually doesn't. That's the kind of the trick of the story is that she um, she's just a normal kind of girl who happens to be a size 12. Um, but the books are really about the fact that she's solving mysteries. She never loses weight, but she gets a great boyfriend. She has great friends. She's really a beautiful, great, smart girl who just happens to be a size 12. And she's kind of making fun of the fact, hey, you know, you guys fired me. Um, but look at me now, you know, I'm styling. So that's kind of the joke in the book. Mm, yeah, when I was reading the Princess Diaries series, it was like one of the chick flicks where something so extraordinary happens to somebody, but you really relate more with like Mia. She's so normal and she makes mistakes. She's not perfect. She does things that she shouldn't have. And it, it just goes to show that even people with extraordinary things, they're normal people too. Right. Which is different exactly. from a lot of chick flicks. Yeah, exactly. And and she never changes. Um, yeah. Get what she wants. She she actually by staying true to herself. That's how she gets. I hate to say it, but she does get the guy, and she also gets what she wants. <laughs> she gets to rule her country. Definitely, yeah. Definitely a positive self image message here. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I I try to do that in all my books because I think it's so hard right now, not just to be a teenager, but even to be I hate to say it to be a grown up. Um, there's so much pressure to look a certain way or act a certain way. And really, the way that you find out who your true friends are and the way that you find happiness is to be yourself as much as you can. So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Now, Meg, a lot of your books, well, actually, The Princess Diary, for example, was made into a movie. How do you feel about that? What did you think about the movie? And do you think it accurately portrayed what you wanted the book to portray? Well, that was crazy. I was actually working at my job at the dorm when they called and they said they wanted to make a movie. And the book had not even come out yet. Wait, what? So I, I mean, I thought it was a joke. I hung up on them. And then <laughs> they called back and they're like, no, no, we're serious. And I still didn't believe them. And then they kept calling and saying, you know, oh, we want Ju Julie Andrews is going to be in it. And <sighs> this girl. Wow. Like, I know. I thought it was so crazy. And so... When I, it wasn't really until I went to the premiere of the movie in Hollywood and I actually saw it and I saw, we, you know, the night before the movie came out, we went, we tried to go see it in the theaters in Los Angeles and every theater was sold out. We couldn't even uh -huh. get into my own movie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when we knew it was going to be a big hit and that was just great. I had the best time going to see it um, in, at the premiere because I hadn't, I had no idea how they had made it or anything. Um, and it was just so fun to meet Anne Hathaway and to meet Julie Andrews. And Anne Hathaway come up, came up to me afterwards, and she asked me, um, how do you think that I did in the movie? And I said, you were great. <laughs> Are you kidding? You're so good. 
and she got a little teary-eyed, and that was so sweet, you know? And Julie Andrews is just the nicest lady. She's so gracious and kind, and I mean, it was just the most positive experience. So to have something like that happen, really, with your first book is so mm -hmm. amazing. So, of course, now I expect that to happen with every book. <laughs> I'm not going to. But it's just, it was just so great. So, and afterwards, of course, I got so many letters from young people who read the book um, because they'd seen the movie. And so they wrote, write to me and they say, you know, I saw this movie and it made me go out and buy this book. And this is the first book I've ever read. And so that's <laughs> <laughs> of course, some of them were really a little too young for the book because the movie was rated G and the book is a little bit PG. <laughs> so some of them were angry letters from parents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> six-year-old and there's French kissing in it and they were a little upset but it was uh it's still been very fun so. <laughs> you always get great. both the good and the bad letters I know right yeah, yeah. how has your life changed when after the movie well it well obviously I quit my job <laughs> I quit the job which is very fun but also really sad because I love the people I worked with and I it's very hard when you're used to going to an office every day and seeing all your friends and suddenly you're working at home by yourself that's a little sad and lonely. You don't have anyone to talk about the fun TV show you saw last night. And so that's a little bit uh, of an adjustment. Um, but I, all of a sudden I was doing what I love to do all the time, which was right. And my boss did point out that most of the time when I was at work, I was working on my books anyway. So <laughs> I was a little bit happy to see me go. So, um, so it was great. I mean, it, it's been a really great time being able to work full time on my books and so obviously, if you go to MegCabot.com, you can see that I've written a lot of books since The Princess Diaries. So yeah. I've been working very hard, and I love it. But I, I did love working so much at, at NYU in the dorm that I had to write this whole series of books about a girl who does that. So you can see that I, I do miss it. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being with us right now. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but we'll be thrilled. We are thrilled that you'll be back next segment to talk more about your books, college, and working at a residence hall. You can find out more at megcabot.com. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Steven Sao. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com. We'll be back in a bit. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Antipreservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel.
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juan. And I'm Steve Zhao, and we are your team hosts on today's episode of Express Yourself. Now, last segment, you heard the mega best-selling author of Princess Diaries, Meg Cabot, talk about her new book, Size 12 and Ready to Rock. In this segment, she's back to answer some questions about her own experiences working in college, her writing process, and hopefully giving advice to all of us young aspiring writers. Yeah, I'm so incredibly thrilled to be able to talk to her. I remember in seventh grade, Story I was reading. Time. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen hates this, but you know what? I don't care. And so, in seventh grade, I was sitting there with one of my friends, and we were both reading one of your one of Meg Cabot's books. I think it was The Princess Diaries, one of the later ones. And then I was just telling her how amazing it'd be to like talk to Meg Cabot and actually ask her questions about herself. And now here I am. <laughs> Four years later. And so this is like the biggest question ever. But where do you get your inspiration for all your books? You write so many unique plots about missing models and like brain swapping to like sudden becoming princesses to mysteries. Where do you get all your ideas for the personalities and appearances? Oh, uh, well, thank you. Um, first of all, that is very nice of you to say. And um I'm so glad to find, to meet you. This is so great. Um, you know, I get my ideas from stuff that actually happens to me, although I'm not a model, of course, and I've <laughs> never been a princess or anything like that. But, um, I got the idea for the princess stories when my mom actually started going out with one of my teachers, which is so <laughs> disgusting. If you think about your mom with one of your teachers, I know that you understand how I felt when that happened. And, um, but I was so happy for her because they found each other and it was so adorable that they started dating. But I had to start writing about it in my diary to, you know, really get my feelings out. And little by little, that diary evolved into the diary of a girl who turned out to be a princess because that was always like a fantasy of mine. And then, you know, you start thinking about that, that it maybe wouldn't be such a great thing after all. And always I start out thinking about something that I wish would happen to me. Like I wish that I had the ability to ghosts like the girl uh Suze in the mediator series that i write mm. she helps ghosts get to their next life um 
And then I always something happens when I'm telling myself the story, like, well, maybe it wouldn't be so great because what if the ghosts were, you know, violent or what if they were really sexy, like the guy in uh, the mediator, Jesse. Um, and so, uh, you know, you just start thinking about these ideas that you have um, and they always turn into something else. And so when I was writing the size 12 series with Heather Wells, that was when I was working in a college dorm trying to, you know, make money while I was trying to get published. And I started thinking, you know, what if while I was working here, you know, somebody got murdered, like maybe that kid who just came in here and was so snobby to me or something. I, you know, That's never, a little gruesome. <laughs> I know, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can't help where your brain and your imagination takes you. And so that's, that's really how those books kind of developed. And um, I worked on them for a long time. And, you know, eventually they turned into this whole mystery series about this girl who solves crimes working in, in a dorm. So I think that when you're, when you have a, when you have a writer's mind, you know, it's things you get inspiration from stuff in real life, and then you just take it away. It's kind of like fantasizing about winning the lottery. What would you spend the money on? You know, that could be a book right there. So yeah. Hey, when you think about these ideas, do you ever have times when you have to toss ideas that don't really work into your groups, oh, into your books? Yeah. Oh, all the I have yeah. so many books I have. I probably have as many books that I haven't finished because I had to toss them out as I do that I finished. Yeah. Like, I imagine that that would happen a lot because some ideas they just you can't bring them to fruition at times because they're they just don't work out. Do you have any examples of really interesting ideas that somehow just didn't work out? You know, I have an entire series of books that I wrote about a high school basketball coach who solved crimes. I don't know why I thought that would be a good (laughs) series. It might be good for all the basketball fans out there. Yeah, I know. My husband loves basketball and, you know, so my whole, my brother is six foot eight and he played basketball oh, all through high school. And I just thought, oh, that'd be such a good idea. And then, um, after I was finished with it, I realized this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst thing. So yeah, I, and I always tell aspiring writers when they, when they ask me that question and they're like, do you finish all your books? I'm like, oh, of course not. Lots that I start and I don't finish. So don't get discouraged. If you, if you have a really good idea, you will definitely finish it. You'll know. If it's really good, you will want to finish it, and, and, and you will. But you know what? I have ideas that I, that I wrote completely out, and they never got published because everybody hated them. So, you know, you, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Don't, don't stress about it. Yeah. Do, do you have a... If you could be a character from any of your books, who would you pick and why? Oh, people ask me this all the time. And the thing is, I don't know because I, you know, they all uh, came from me and they're all a little bit of something that I wish I could be like, you know, because I'm not really any of them, but I wish that I could be someone who solved mysteries like Heather Wells from the size 12 and ready to rock. And I wish I could be a princess like princess Mia. I wish I could talk to ghosts like Seuss from the mediator series. I have a new character from, um, the abandoned series I'm writing, who's a character and she goes to the underworld and she meets this hot Lord of the underworld. Who's a teenager and he's real sexy. Um, so I wish I could be her. So it's just, sometimes I think I just like to have them all over for dinner and just hang out with them. Yeah, That would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Meg, I think something that we are interested in is, I mean, we have all the famous writers like you, and then we have the people who just write at home and never get published, and that gap exists. How would you say that you jumped that gap for you? Like, how did you get out there into the world of writing? What, um, what's there some inspirational thing happened that made you get write something that just publishers immediately liked, or was it just hard work? Or what is there to share about that jump? Well, I think that I was certainly one of those writers who just kept everything at home for a really long time. And I was afraid to show anyone what I was working on. 
not just the basketball <laughs> um, coach who solved crimes, but just I wrote so many stories. And I didn't want to show them to anyone because I was afraid of getting rejected. And I really felt like if I tried to get it published, people wouldn't like it. And um, and finally what happened was that my dad passed away kind of suddenly. And I realized that we don't, you know, you don't have a lot of time in life. So if there's something yeah. you really yeah. want to try to do, you should get out there and do it. So I, I did start sending my stories out. And, and they did get rejected for many, many years. Nobody was interested. And, um, but I think it goes back to a little bit of what I was saying is that, um, you know, you have to keep trying and you have to keep writing and you have to keep, find the story that's right for you. And I know a lot of people are self-publishing now. And, and I, you know, I understand why people might want to do that. But for me, it was very important that I got paid rather than I, that I pay someone to publish me. I wanted to be published for my stories and to get paid for them. So I kept trying until, um, I found something that that people really loved, and for me, it was well, the Princess Diaries, um, which was a story about what happened to my mom really after my dad died, which is that she started dating one of my teachers, and it was something that I felt very passionately about. <laughs> how much I did not like that. <laughs> how was your mom's response to that, by the way? She, you know, she she actually read a very early draft, and she said, you know, you have to change some of the details. <laughs> I to recognize himself, so <laughs> stuff. So, but they're fine with it now. They think it's very funny. Um, they're still together, by the way. I still have to see my mom and my teacher kissing at Christmas. Oh my gosh! So I think if you feel very passionately about something, if you love it and you put, you know, your heart into it, I think that that's the trick. I think you really have to do that, and then you just have to be persistent and keep trying. And while you're trying to get published keep on writing, you know, work on the next project and don't let the rejections get you down because I, you know, I, I did get a lot of rejections and every time I would get one, my husband would say, you know, I, I, he loves to play golf. And he said, you know, if people just sent me rejections saying, you're not very good at golf. I wouldn't care. I would keep playing like, cause I love it. So if you are getting rejections from people saying that they don't like your writing, you're not going to quit because you still love it. So just keep doing it. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. If you love something, Keep doing it no matter what anyone says mm -hmm. because it's all about what you love. Who cares what other people's opinions are? They don't know because I'll tell you something. Princess Diaries got rejected many, many times. And if I had listened to those people and I'd stopped trying to send it out, that would, wouldn't exist anymore. It never would have been a movie and it never would have been a book. So I think it just says a lot about other people's opinions. Maybe aren't they don't matter as much as what you think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How many tries did it take you? Did it take you a long time to get your first oh, books published? Oh, my gosh. You know, I'll tell you something. It was still being rejected as a book when it got optioned by Disney to be a movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and actually, I remember telling publishers, you know, it's going to be a movie. Disney's optioned it. And they said, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How did Disney yeah. love it so much? That's really cool. Because they were smart. And this is really smart. <laughs> The um, person who who produced it was Whitney Houston. She was the one wow. who saw it and thought it was a great, great movie potential. So it, that just goes to show you something, mm -hmm. you know? Hey, about those movies again, it seems like you didn't have much of a say in how the movie was made. Is that true? Do authors often not aren't able to control what the, the movies are like for their books? Well, yeah, especially if it's not even a book yet. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that changes things a little. <laughs> but they were very nice um, about calling me and saying, you know, we're going to make these changes, and they explained why. You know, because when you have a 300-page book and it's going to be a 90-minute movie, that's 90 pages of script. So you can't really put all 300 pages of the book into a 90-page script. 
And um, so they did. They killed off my the dad in the book. Actually, he's dead in the movie. And so they explained they wanted to do that to give Julie Andrews some more lines. And I said, well, that is a great idea because it's Julie Andrews. So I think that's good. Um, but, you know, so you have to be kind of open to it. If you, as, as an author, want to see your book be on the big screen, which I definitely did because I was all for having, you know, kids say to me, which they did later, wow, I never read a book before until I saw that movie and I went out and I got that book. I think that's a really positive thing to have happen. And so I was excited and I think it turned out to be a really great movie. So um, the second movie they made based on the book, on the characters, it has nothing to do with the books. So um, I was a little surprised because <laughs> nothing that happens in that second movie happens in the books. But it was still very cute and people enjoyed it. And so I now had another book, uh, Avalon High, was made into a movie that also there were some things that happened in it that don't happen in the books. And, you know, I think you just if you're willing to sell your book to the movies, you have to be willing to see that there's going to be some changes and just, you know, understand that there's two different universes. There's your book and then there's the movie. And as long as you're okay with that, then it works for me. Yeah. Are there any other new movie deals in play right now, possibly well, for the Heather Wells series? Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you ask about that. There very well may be, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, there definitely is, but I can't go into specifics. And not just for that book, but um, for several other books as well. Um, we have a great script, too, for the Mediator series. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of action going on about that, but again, I can't get into specifics, but you should go if you guys like those books. Anybody who's interested, go to my website and then go to the Facebook pages for those books and talk them up because, you know, producers like that. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> so thanks so much for being with us here today and talking with us. I'm so honored to have interviewed you today on Express Yourself. Your books are always so awesome and I love size 12 and ready to rock. I'm waiting for the next one already. And you can find out more about Meg Cabot and buy her books and more at megcabot.com. Thank you so much, Meg, for joining us here today. It's been a pleasure interviewing you. Well, thank you so much for having me. You guys have been awesome. It's been great to talk to you. Everyone else, you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away, and we'll be right back to close off our session with our pop culture reporter, Kai Kelly, with What's Poppin'. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. 
there's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juan. And I'm Steven Zhao, and we are your teen hosts. To wrap up our show, our What's Poppin' reporter, Kai Kelly, brings up her segment with a college theme. If you don't remember, Kai Kelly is a junior at Miramani High School in Arinda, California. I don't think Steven had a chance to talk to her yet on the show. Not on the show, so- but in person. <laughs> Which is better than over internet, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So today she'll be reporting on celebrities and higher education. Hello, Kai. Thrilled to have you on the show with us. Yep, I'm excited to be here too. Take it away. All right, so it's a strange headline to imagine. Miley Cyrus attends Harvard University or Taylor Swift feels pressure to attend elite colleges. Celebrities often claim to be just like an average person, minus the money, beauty, and fame. But it's pretty hard to believe that they understand what we teenagers go through, especially the numerous academic and social pressures. Can someone like Beyonce or Zac Efron, People Magazine's World's Most Beautiful People winners in 2012, really understand what it's like for the rest of us? A huge part of being a high schooler is the looming doom of college, where the questions, what do you think you want to do, or what schools have you been looking at, never seem to end. And for many celebrities, graduating or attending college isn't the norm. Sure, there are the Natalie Portman or Jake Gyllenhaal types, who went to Harvard and Columbia, respectively. But most are more similar to California's former governor and famous actor Arnold Schwarzenegger, who attended a small community college in Santa Monica. Though many celebrities choose to opt out of higher education, those that do apply to college seem to have a greater advantage because of their frame. James Franco, an actor who attended UCLA and Yale, sticks out for me, for example. Similarly, many celebrities who went to college before they were famous often didn't go to the nation's top universities, instead opting for many community and state colleges. With all all the emphasis on elite education present in today's society, the rich and famous frequently put forward a very different point. They are living proof that the name of your college isn't everything. And that's a hard lesson to grasp when you are a teenager in high school with a whole lot of teachers and adults who say otherwise. Sure, we don't always want to become famous actors, and going to a good school certainly helps us along our chosen path of success. But it's also not the end of the world if we don't get into a top 10 school. 
It is possible to achieve one's goals without the Ivy League education on a resume. And the celebrity idols in pop culture show us that this is true. I don't think I'll ever find famous people to be entirely relatable to my everyday problems. But the idea that a college name is not a make it or break it thing is something I feel real comfort in. And hopefully you do too. I'd like to point out that you said the doom of college. I love the use of the word looming doom. It makes it sound so creepy, like you're going to go and they're going to get stabbed to death or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's my I comment. I don't really hype right now. <laughs> but you I think that- it's mostly the college. It's not the college itself that's looming doom. It's the idea of mm. having to fly and all the things that go along with having to get into college. Well, yeah. I think no one. Well, no one in America so far. A uh, few people have actually died from the process of college applications. So I'm sure <laughs> we're a little better off than you make it seem, Kai. Yeah. <laughs> so well, speaking of like mixed messages, you talk about celebrities having an easier time getting into colleges because of fame, but also they don't go. To, there's not that many who go to elite universities. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that individuals who are already famous have an easier time getting into school, a great school, because of their name, because the person has achieved more in their career as far as acting. Like, I know supermodel Tyra Banks, who does America ne- America's Next Top Model, recently attended Harvard Business School. And she's not, she's not stupid, but I wouldn't say she was what you would call a serious businesswoman. So that's where <laughs> I'm drawing that conclusion. Yeah, um... But since the celebrities have that position where they can influence others, what kind of, uh, um, what kind of uh, message do you think they should send to the entire world based on this idea of higher education? Well, I think a lot of times in magazine interviews and at movie premieres, I see famous people talking about how they're just like us, and that's great. And a huge part of being famous is the ability to influence people, like you just said. And so celebrities do have the power to encourage higher education or point out even um, conversely that the rank of college isn't everything. So hopefully influential people do spread the word about the alternating power and pressure of going to college. What do you, do you think? Pers- it's- go ahead. Oh. Do, you, do you think it's hypocritical when they're pushing like high school students to go to college when they went to a small or they didn't go to college, or they went to a small community college? I think in a way, um, I think in a, a sense, it's a good idea to encourage people to go to college, obviously because they have a lot of influence, but it's also important to think about, hey, this person actually, the governor of California went to a community college, so if I don't get into the Harvard, I'm still going to be okay. Like It's going to be okay. Yeah, it gives them a, it gives other people a chance to kind of grasp onto something, especially since a high school does not really, you can't, you can't at this age succeed really well with great GPAs in high school if your gift is in something outside of strong academics. So it's, yeah. it's difficult to get, difficult to get through the modern age of high school right now, I would say. On that note, though, Kaya, you don't believe a good score necessarily equals success. So what would you define success as? Uh, that's a tough question. Yeah, very tough I question. Think, <laughs> right. I think success would be something more along the lines of being able to do what makes you happy or what mm-hmm. doing something that you truly enjoy, not necessarily something that makes a lot of money or gives you a lot of fame, but it's something that really does come naturally to you and that you really do feel a strong connection to. See, I could be evil and then ask you to define that happiness, but I'm not <laughs> going to. Right. <laughs> and then... 
I would probably end up getting pretty confused. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> but how would you? Steven's good at that. I'm not trying to confuse people. I'm just asking <laughs> questions that I can't even answer. There's the difference right there. <laughs> Tell you, but going back to just the idea of good schools and colleges, how would you pursue what you say is success, being happy and enjoying what we do when it comes to this age of college? I think what it's important to do is really think about. It, uh, what makes you? What you, gives you enjoyment? A lot of times, I think we can sign up for a bunch of different things that we think will either look good on our college resume or everybody else is doing it, so we probably should do it too. And I think it's really important to be able to take that step back and think about, oh, I really enjoy swimming, or I really enjoy writing or reading, and so I should let myself have some time to really experience those kinds. Of activities, not just the ones that I think will help me do well in school or help me get into a good college.、Mm-hmm. And it's getting、so、a lot better now with college yeah, applications、definitely. being a little more sensitive to other personal gifts that people have. Right. Yeah. So, did you learn anything about other celebrities who went to college after researching this topic? Oh yeah, definitely. So I learned that there's a lot of really intelligent people. For example, Tom Hanks, who went to little-known state schools, and there there are a lot of highly there are actually quite a few highly educated celebrities who majored in things like engineering, which is something that you wouldn't expect. So I think a lot of times you expect they would major in something different, and people are actually very different than what you would assume. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the actors out there. There's also all sorts of sports champions who have the same type of experience, especially with the Olympics going on right now. It's easy to see a lot of stars rising in the sports when they don't necessarily have graduated from the top universities. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Yeah, and Kaiyi, you yourself have done quite well in swimming this far. And during the opening, when we were testing out our microphones, I believe Kaiyi, you mentioned your success <laughs> having four golds at the recent huge. What is it? The largest.、Uh, Um, largest competitive swimming re- in the largest, yeah recreational swimming championships in the country.、I、yeah,、think. pretty dang big. Having three days,、yeah. I was really tired. I was on jet lag when I was there. <laughs> oh, was Stephen, did you win anything? I was、did、not there to swim. I was there to coach. Ah, I see. Ah. Yeah, thank you guys so much.、Um, unfortunately, we are out of time right now, but it's been great having you back and meeting you on the show formerly for once. <laughs> So thanks so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Stuff Productions for producing this show, and thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to our, you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. For more fun stories written by teens, pick up a copy of "Be the Star You Are" for teens at bethestarur.com. I'm Young Juan, and I'm Steven Zhao. Thank you for always tuning in each and every week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. Hey, we want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio@gmail.com. We promise we will check out emails. Check out our radio site online at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. And our creative community site at btsya.com, where you can upload your creative works at our site for free. Get involved with our charity, buy books, T-shirts, sign up for our newsletter, and make a donation to help keep us alive and running. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you to our great guests. And until next week, remember to express yourself.
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go.